seat back in front of you is a, what we call connection card. If you would fill that out front and back. And then there's a box on the left side of the double doors as you walk out. You can just put it in there. We'll have a record of your visit. If you have a prayer request, there's a place for you to indicate that. If you have any questions about our church or uh, any activities that we have, Bible studies or whatever else, then go ahead and fill that out. We'll get back to you with the information. Today, preaching on the glory of the Father. Also, after the church service, there will be a military meal. All active family, um, active military families are invited to be on the patio. Check our bulletin for Bible studies that are held this week. <clears throat> Thursday night, assuming David will be, may, he was there today for the class, so assuming he'll be there, you're in the book of Hebrews. Tomorrow night, Live Love is having a community outreach at 4 p.m. Uh, costumes. I just say to our people, make sure the oh, costumes are appropriate, okay? Make sure they're modest. Make sure they're not uh, anything that uh, would detract from uh, what we're trying to do is, is reach out to people. I think there'll be hot dogs and chips and candy and um, Bibles in English and in Spanish. And so if you want to come and help out, I'm sure they would love to have some help tomorrow night at 4 o'clock. And in fact, come a little bit before that because they'll open up right then. It gets real busy around what time? 7? Seven? 7 or 8? Uh, yeah, so, you know, help out. It'll be, it'll be good. You have a good time of fellowship as well. Saturday, men's breakfast, 8 a.m. If you can come and help. Scott, are you doing the breakfast? <clears throat> All right, do you, do you know the menu yet? Eggs and meat. All right. Eggs and meat. No vegan diets. Okay. All right. That's just Saturday anyhow. <laughs> All right. So come be with us 8 o'clock. If you can come about 7, help cook. That would be appreciated. Next Sunday, uh, the Names of Christ introduction. Also, Communion Sunday. So we'll be observing uh, Holy Communion. Also, Time Change Sunday. So you get an extra hour's sleep so there's no excuse to be late to God's house next Sunday morning. Be sure to set your clocks back Saturday night. <clears throat> On the back table, uh, <clears throat> right by the sound booth, there's some trustee nomination forms. If you would like to nominate someone, elections will be held uh, in January. If you would like to nominate someone, make sure they uh, you kind of check with them first and if they see if they're willing to run, see if they are members to see if they have the time to be able to do so. Uh, qualifications based on, even though it's not the office of deacons, based on 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 8 through 13, kind of a template for qualifications. Uh, and uh, go ahead and turn those in. We'll receive nominations um, this week and next week, and then we'll close nominations. We'll contact everyone who's been nominated, see if it's okay with them, and then we will proceed uh, and have the, the vote uh, in at our annual meeting that will be in January. So let's go ahead and stand again as we worship the Lord together in song as our praise team leads us.
Amen. Thank you, praise team. Thank you so much for leading us in worship this morning, and uh, good to have you here uh, doing that. Except I was a little bit resentful of Fred this morning. He said to me, he said, I've got a shirt almost like that. I said, well, he said, I'm glad I didn't wear it. I said, well, you should have worn it. We could have sung a duet. He said, boy, I'm really glad I didn't wear it. I don't know if he knows me well enough to say stuff like that. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27, if you would turn there. But before we do that, I, as you turn there, I should say, would like for the boys and girls to come up here if they would like to. All the little boys and girls come up. want to have just a middle teaching minute with you before you go to class. So uh, our middle schoolers are already on the uh, patio at their class. And by the way, we're going to be kind of fixing up the patio a little bit for them so it looks more like a youth-oriented department because Monday nights we have Young Life and then Sunday mornings we have the, uh, the middle school out there, so we're going to make it look like it's their classroom, you know. Hey, look at this. What a good group of boys and girls. How many of you are here this morning? Let me see your hands. <laughs> Almost all of you are here. That's good. All right. Well, glad to have you here. How many of you have a mommy? Let me see your hands. All right. Sometimes... Sometimes boys and girls don't have mommies, so if you have one, you are really, really extra special blessed because sometimes they have grandmas or aunts that watch over them and that help them because their mommy's not able to be there for some reason, but you have mommies, most of you, so we're thankful for that. How many of you have daddies? Let me see your hands. All right, same thing there. Sometimes, sometimes boys and girls don't have daddies because their daddies are, are gone or maybe they're not able to take care of them or maybe, I don't know what, there are a lot of different things, but they have granddads and uncles who step in and kind of help out. How many of you know, did Jesus have a mommy? Did Jesus have a mommy? Yeah. Mary. Oh, say that again. Mary, that's right. Mary was Jesus' mom. And who was Jesus' dad? Abraham? Let me check on that and get back to you. It was somebody who came from the line of Abraham. How about that? Does anybody know who, who Jesus' dad was? Yeah. Abraham? Abraham too, okay. Uh, actually, it was God. God was his father. Now, Joseph, you remember Joseph? He was the human dad that was here on earth, and he was the one who kind of taught Jesus about how to be a carpenter and taught him a lot of lessons, probably in scriptures. But Jesus' father was the heavenly father, was God Almighty. And Jesus called him God many different times. So Jesus had a human mommy but a God father for father. And you know what Jesus means? Does anyone know what the name Jesus means? And I can give you a clue. It does not mean Abraham. <laughs> does anybody know what Jesus means? It means God's salvation. And God wants to save us from our sins. God, guess what? God wants to be your Heavenly Father, yours and 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 yours. He wants to be your Heavenly Father. And so when you put your faith in Jesus, when you believe in him with all your heart, then your sins are all forgiven and you can be, he'll be your father forever and ever and ever and ever. He loves you that much. How many of you are glad that God loves you? Let me see your hands if you're glad God loves you. And again, that is, I think that's every, almost everybody. So we're glad for that. Let's bow our heads and pray before you go to class. Father in heaven, and I'm so thankful to be able to call you my father because I've been born into your family by grace through faith. I pray for these boys and girls. Lord, some of them have already been born again. Some of them will be soon. Lord, I pray that all of them would be eventually. Father, thank you for good teachers, godly teachers who help us out. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And before you go, boys and girls, before you go, teachers, listen up. And those who would be teachers, California has just passed another law designed at protecting boys and girls, and I, I'm all for protecting boys and girls, AB 506. But what it requires now is that even if you've been background checked and fingerprinted, you have to do it again. And there's an online class 
And I know that some people are like, oh, I don't want to do that. And I personally don't want to do it either, but I'm going to. And my wife doesn't personally want to do it, but she's going to. We're going to do the online class. You can do it at your convenience. Uh, and then we, we do the, the check, the background check again. It's designed to protect these girls and boys right here. And so I hope you'll be willing to put forth the sacrifice and the effort again uh, we're not in Nigeria where you get killed for being a Christian. We have an opportunity to take a stand for God and teach boys and girls about Jesus Christ. So please, uh, it, it's going to apply to all uh, paid staff. It's going to apply to all volunteer staff. So Sound Booth, you guys are going to get in on it too. And it's just what it is. And I'm not against protecting boys and girls from any kind of abuse. And I know you're not either. So be willing to do that extra step, take that, go that extra mile. Uh, and uh, we'll be grateful and thankful for it. Okay, boys and girls, go ahead and go to class. Thank you so much for being here. Have a good day. All right. Matthew chapter 27. In this series of messages, I have preached on the Father, the title Father, uh, three different sermons so far, and this will be the fourth one. The first message was Father God. The second message was eight different fathers, and that was kind of a play on words, obviously, because there's only one heavenly father. And the third was the character of the father. Uh, and I want one more kind of catch-all sermon or really catch some of it. It's, you're never going to catch it all, right? I'm not ever going to exhaust the, the word of God when it comes to the teaching about God, uh, but catch a little bit more before we move on to more uh, tradition, to, to other names of God besides just titles. So, uh, this one's on the, the glory that is the Heavenly Father's. Now, let me, let me introduce this in a very unusual way. Uh, first of all, Jesus, is, Jesus himself called God, called the Father God, rather, called his Father God. At my last chaplain training seminar, I had the privilege of meeting several um, police chaplain and border patrolmen, chaplain, men and women, uh, chaplain, and I had the privilege of meeting a, a guy there who used to be a forensic cold case uh, homicide detective. So he was, uh, he was incredible in that. Uh, he, he was very good at solving cold cases, and uh, that's what he did. Besides being a forensic uh, cold case homicide detective, he also was an atheist. He didn't believe in God. He didn't believe in Jesus. He didn't believe in the Holy Spirit. And so he, just, he, he got roped into one day going to a church service. Has that ever happened to you? Huh? Got roped into it. And, uh, and, and we got there. And the pastor said in the course of his sermon, Jesus was the most influential person ever to live on the earth. And he sat there as an atheist saying, that's ridiculous. That's not true. Can't be true. And so he determined that he was going to do a forensic search, a forensic investigation into the person of Jesus Christ, not using verses, not using Old or New Testament, but rather forensic proof, evidence that he would do similar to what he would do in a cold case and solving a, a cold case or, or any kind of homicide. So he began doing that, uh, and he used an investigative model that was fascinating to me. It involved... Uh, and we'll show the next slide now. It involved uh, three basic ingredients here, three, three different things. Right in the middle is uh, several sticks of dynamite, okay? So that represents the event. Now, if it's a huge event, there might be, you know, C4 in there. I don't know. There might be a whole bunch of explosives. If it was a small event, it might be like, uh, you know, the birth of Jim Bay. Something might be a little firecracker. I, I don't know. <laughs> might be, may not, maybe a cap. <laughs> you know, maybe it, nothing. I don't know. But so you, you have the, the, the event that takes place. Then you have the fuse, which leads up to it. So that's the, 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 the time involved, the effort, the who, when, what, where, why, and all of that. And then you have the, the blast radius or the fallout. So uh, he began that way. And alongside in this book, he is also talking about solving a cold case that was given to him, a 19-year-old cold case of a lady who was 
murdered, uh, they assumed. They never found a body. There were no witnesses. There was no evidence collected. And so he's solving that alongside of investigating whether Jesus Christ really, in fact, even existed, let alone whether he was the most influential person in the world. It's called a person of interest. It's an incredible thing. Uh, but what does the most influential person in all, and his conclusion is, by the way, he becomes a Christian. He becomes a Christian apologetics author. He's written a few apologetics books. And he became a born-again believer. So what is the most influential person? Because now he agrees with that preacher. Uh, what does that person have to say about the Father? In Matthew 27, verse 46, at about 3 o'clock, Jesus, hanging on the cross, having gone through the mockery of the trials, having been beaten at the, the, at, at the courthouse and, and, and the, the pavement, they called it, uh, having sustained that and lived through that, which a lot of people died because of the viciousness of the beating, he now finds himself crucified on the cross, nailed uh, hands and feet, unable to breathe very well, uh, back lacerated from the severe beating, uh, losing copious amounts of blood, no doubt falling in and out of consciousness. And, and at one point at 3 o'clock, he calls out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani, which means in, this, in, in English, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Here's a sad situation. The Son of God. Now, imagine yourself for a moment um, abandoning your own child. Imagine your child at that, their most urgent need of a mom or a dad. Imagine abandoning them, abandoning them and leaving them in dire circumstances or situations, and this is intensified millions of times over because here you have the Son of Almighty God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. John's Gospel begins that way. So Jesus is the creator. He's absolutely sinless. He's absolutely without spot or blemish. And he's hanging on a cross, dying, not for his own sins. He didn't break any laws. Not for his own sins. He's dying for you. He's dying for me. He's dying for the seven or eight billion people who are alive today and the ones who have ever lived. And he looks to heavens for for comfort from his father with whom he has always been integrated in an incredible unexplicable way he looks to the god the father and and he says my god my god why have you forsaken me at my hour of greatest need so the most influential person according to james warner wallace who ever lived according to a lot of theologians according to a lot of born-again children of god according to a lot of people hey do you ever wonder why the calendar says 2022 because that insignificant person of jesus christ that's why he was so insignificant they changed the calendar so it dates from bcad we talk about before christ we talk about after his death uh, so, so he says, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? In all other places, Jesus refers to God as his father. At the age of 12, we have the first recording of that in Luke 2, 49. He says, but why did you need to search, he said. Remember, his parents came to Jerusalem for the uh, Passover. They went home on their trip home with a large group of people. They discover that Jesus, 12 years old, is not with them. They thought he was with some of the extended family. So they returned to Jerusalem. They search all over. They're frantic. Can you imagine? One time, uh, Pat was with our son Ben down in a shop in San Isidro, and, and she told him, you stay right here. And he was looking at some toys or whatever, and, and she was shopping, and, and all of a sudden she figured out he wasn't there. And she panicked. She went through all through the store. It was a small shop. She went next door. She, she kept looking for our son, and she heard him cough. She recognized his cough in, in one of the stores. And she didn't know whether to beat him or, or hug him when she found him. But it scared her to death. If you've ever done it, I've got a confession to make. It doesn't leave this room, okay? We need to cut off the live stream? No. Okay, one time, all right, so we're in, we're in, where's Jack? He's from Wichita. Uh, yeah, right over here. Okay, I, we were in uh, Junction City at Milford Dam, and we rented a boat, and we're out boating, and we're out water skiing, and I got, my kids are pretty small, and my wife and I are, there, and we're having a big time, and so uh, just, just goofing around, and I picked up uh, my daughter, my middle child, 
in her, her life vest, and I threw her overboard. And so that's not the bad part. Wait. People are freaking out about that's perfectly normal. Isn't it, Debbie? Wouldn't that something? I know you would. Now, that does worry me. Uh, so, so, so we tossed her in. And she's laughing, and we're laughing, and she's splashing, and I take off with the boat. And, uh, and, and kind of, you know, she's getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and I think, I know where she is. So uh, pretty soon I don't see her, and I'm thinking, okay, we're probably far enough away. We need to stop this game. So I turn around, and I come, and I don't see her anywhere. And Pat's going, like, where is she? Where is she? I said, oh, she's, she's over there. I was lying. I didn't know where she was. Finally, I found her <laughs> bobbing up and down, laughing, having a big time. This is great. Never told anybody about that before right now. <laughs> Father, forgive me. I know not what I've done. I, it's terrible. <laughs> so he's 12 years old. He's missing. They go back to Jerusalem. They're looking all over for him. They find him finally. He says, why did you need to search? Don't you know I had to be about my father's business? He was in the temple reasoning with the doctors and lawyers and the religious readers. The last occasion that he uses the term father is in Luke 23, 46. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, by the way, someone who's been through what he's been through would not be able to muster up a loud voice. We're not uh, supernatural and omnipotent anyhow. And he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. He himself dismissed his spirit. No one took his life from him. They could have left him nailed on that cross for a thousand years and he would not have died unless he was willing to lay his life down. He said, no man takes my life from me, but I lay it down. And he did. And having done so, he gave up his spirit. And in between these two incidents, the name Father appears over 100 times. So Jesus called his father God. Now, that's significant because every Jewish young man, every Jewish young boy, knew what was called the Shema, which is in uh, is, is Hebrew terminology. It's, a, it's verses in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4 that says the Lord our God is one Lord. One God. We serve one God. Again, the mystery of the Trinity is one God, three persons, three manifestations. No perfect way to illustrate that. The egg is not a perfect way because you can take the shell, you can take the yolk, you can take the white over here. By the way, I was somewhere where they serve egg whites. Why would you do that? Why in the world would you do egg whites? It's like drinking decaf coffee, hypocrite coffee. It looks like coffee, but it doesn't do a thing for you, not a blooming thing for you. So, so you can separate. And so what this, the Trinity is inseparable, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, constituting the one God. And the fact that Jesus, the most influential person in all of history, called his Father God was significant because he would not have committed blasphemy had he not been God. Secondly, Jesus also called him my Father. This is a pronoun of personal possession, and it's spoken only by Jesus here. My expresses not only an eternal relationship, but another twofold relationship, love and action. He's my father, love and action. This love and action duo, the father and the son. And, and in that, we have mutual service. The father and the son are co-laborers. The work they 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 be, they did together, they did hand in glove. In John 5, 17, Jesus replied, my father is always working, and so am I. My father's always working, and so am I. Um, e. Marsh said, the sphere of Christ's service, the authority of his action, the plan he followed, the business in which he was engaged, and the fellowship of his work were all begun, continued, and ended from, in, through, with, and to the father. They worked together in this. It was not just Jesus securing our salvation. It was the Father and the Son, and I might add, the Holy Spirit. So there's mutual service there. Both of them were active. Uh, secondly, there's mutual sacrifice in John 10, 18. No one can take my life from me. Here's the, what I was quoting a moment ago. But I lay it down voluntarily, for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and to take it up again, for this is what my Father has commanded. Now think about the, the, the type of the sacrifice of the of the Lamb of God uh, back in Abraham's day, okay? It was Abraham and Isaac who went to Mount Moriah. It was both of them who participated. It was both of them who took the fire and the wood, and, and it was the son who said, where's 
Where's the sacrifice? And the father, Abraham, said the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. Two different meanings there. The Lord will provide it. He'll be the one to provide it. He'll also provide himself as the sacrifice. And so it was Abraham sacrificing his only begotten son or being willing to. And it was Isaac laying down his life uh, and doing, being submissive to the will of his father. So um, there's a mutual sacrifice there. Then thirdly, there's mutual security in John 10, 28. Jesus said, I give, not I will give, but I give them eternal life. This is present and continuous. It is perpetual life. When you, listen here, it's not just one day we're going to have eternal life. It's not just someday I'm, I'm going to be in heaven and have everlasting life. It is this. It is when you receive Christ as your personal Savior, you receive eternal life. You will never spiritually die. The death he promised to deliver us from was not physical death. As we read about the, the young lady from Nigeria who was physically killed for her faith, her, her physical life was lost. But let me tell you something. According to the promise of the word of God, when she next opened her eyes, she was in heaven. There was no second death for her. Second death is for those that refuse to receive Christ as their personal Savior. So Jesus said, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. And he said, beside that, no one can snatch them away from me, for my Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. There he says, you can't snatch, they, no one can snatch you from my hand. No one can snatch you from my Father's hand. There's this mutual uh, security. Compare that with John 3, 36. He that believes, present tense possession, on the Son, if you believe in Jesus Christ as the Savior, the Son of Almighty God, uh, then you have present continuous everlasting life. And he that believes not, literally, he that obeys not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So the security that we have is both from the Father and the Son. You'll find out later on it's from the Holy Spirit too because he comes to seal. Just like they put a seal on the Roman tomb when they sealed Jesus inside, they do not break this by order of the Roman government. So the Holy Spirit seals us. So we have this, at this point, this double divine grip, which will become a triple divine grip. Can I, can I just tell you for a moment, none of us can stay saved on our own. None of us can. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, it's impossible. We can't save ourselves. We can't keep ourselves saved. Our thoughts, our actions, our words, our motives, everything can come into question. I've often said there's not a sin on the face of the earth that I could not commit and could not be guilty of committing. I believe that with all my heart. And I, I don't, I'm not proud of that. I'm very ashamed of that fact. But with God's help, I hope I won't. But, but this, this, no matter what, when you become, hey, look, when, when your children were born to you, they were yours forever. They, they were born to you forever. That, nothing's going to change that. If they pass away, they're still your, they were still your child. If they change their name, they're still your child. If they move a thousand miles away, they're still your child. And when we become God's child, we're forever his. Then again, Jesus said, number three, your father. Fourteen times in the Gospel of Matthew, we read those two words coupled together. Your father. The privilege of being God's children through the work of Christ brings with it a corresponding obligation. You have a privilege to be his, his son, his daughter, but you also have an obligation. We're to let our light shine in order to bring glory to our Father. Matthew 5, Jesus was teaching again uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and he says you, you, you don't light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. What would the point be? If you light a lamp and then cover it up, uh, it's not going to do any good. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the, in the house, and in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Again, giving glory to God because you let the light shine through you because it's not really your light at all. It's not my light at all. It's the light of God reflecting off of us that we let shine into a lost world. So such a name, an intimate relationship was fully declared only after the resurrection of Christ. Uh, Jesus told Mary Magdalene to make this announcement. She said, he said, don't cling to me, for I haven't yet ascended to my what? Father. 
but I go to find my brothers, but go and find my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and to your God. Number four, Jesus also said our father. But notice something special about this. We talked about the fact that Jesus' disciples requested uh, instruction on how to pray. They said like John's disciples, John taught them how to pray. So Jesus teach us how to pray. The result of that starts off the Lord's Prayer that we recited a couple of weeks ago, Our Father who art in heaven from Matthew 6, 9. But note the Our Father is not the prayer of Jesus and the believers, but of the believers only. He's teaching them how to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread as we forgive our debts as, as we forgive our debts. Now look, Jesus has no debts. Jesus has no trespasses. Jesus has no sins. So that our Father was given to us. Our Father, forgive us our sins daily. So when you pray, he said, when you pray, pray th this way. Uh, number five, Jesus called him also Holy Father in the high priestly prayer. In fact, if you want to know the, the Lord's Prayer, really, the Lord's Prayer is not what we read a moment ago, our Father who art in heaven. It's called that, but it's not. That's the disciples' prayer. John 17 is the Lord's Prayer. It's a lengthy prayer, and there are three main, main divisions in it. In this high priestly prayer of John 17, Jesus uses the title Father in three different ways. Note this. There's the first, the single filial term used four times. It's indicative of unbroken relationship and intimacy, and it is personal. So he says, Father, in John 17, 1, the hour has come. Glorify your son so he can give what? Glory back to you. John 17, 5, now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. He was around before Mary bore the child that Jesus became part of for that 33 and a half years or so on this earth. So Jesus was around before Bethlehem ever occurred. Uh, he says in, in verse 21, I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. And then he says in verse 24, Father, I want these whom you have given me to be where I am. Then they can see all the glory that you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. So it starts out, it's very personal. First part of the prayer, Jesus is addressing his Father, his Holy Father, his Heavenly Father. Then, beginning in verse 9, there's a change. The prayer becomes particular for the people who God had given them while Jesus was on the earth. Primarily the disciples, not just the 11 that were left after Jesus committed suicide, but uh, the others, uh, at least 500 that were observing his resurrection at one point, but probably several thousand people. He says in verse 9, my prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me because they belong to you. So Jesus prayed for the believers of that time. That's the second division. The third division is in verse 20. He prays next of all, are you ready for this? He prays in this part of it, he prays for you. And he prays for me. Here's what he says. I am praying not only for these disciples, the ones who were in that middle category, who were there and alive and well right then, but for all who will ever believe in me through their message. And that's gone on for over 2,000 years. And there have been millions and millions, multiplied millions of people who have believed. Jesus prayed for. He, he is so aware of you. He is so aware of us. And he knows all about us, and he loves us anyhow. You know, I'm so thankful for my wife because she knows so much about me, and she loves me anyhow. <laughs> it's amazing. God knows even more about me and loves me. God is our righteous father, number six. Out of John 17 comes another title, righteous father. In verse 25, oh, righteous father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. We're assured that we have a heavenly father who always writes, always acts rather righteously and justly. I heard a podcast yesterday, the difference between fairness and justice. Fairness is very personal, very, very subjective. Uh, it's not fair. It's not fair that the Chargers moved to L.A. That's not fair. 
what are Spanos, what's the matter with you? Are you watching, Mr. Spanos? Move him back to San Diego. It's not fair. Yeah. Who's to say what's fair? We, we were, it's very subjective. But justice is objective. And there's only one person who's capable of perfect justice. And that's our God. He is just. We, the best we can hope for is to be fair. He is absolutely just. In all of his dealings, and all of his thoughts, and, and, and with believers and with unbelievers, whatever he does. And, and by the way, it takes faith to believe this because my wife, again, reading through the Old Testament, and, and she sees some of the things that Israel was commanded to do when they took over the Holy Land. And she, she shakes her head and doesn't understand, but believes by faith that God is a just God, even though there are things we don't understand. He provides grace, mercy, and it's up to us to avail it ourselves of it or not. And if we don't, we reap the consequences of not doing it. Last point is this. You remember the title we talked about? I think it was last week, Abba Father. Abba Father. Let me remind you again what that is. That's two different languages for the term father. It's, it's Aramaic and Greek, side by side. Put together, it literally means daddy, daddy. We can go right into the presence of Almighty God. He is our Abba Father. He is our Daddy, Daddy. In us, Abba Father, cry, earnest of our bliss on high, seal of immortality, comforter divine. My God is reconciled. His pardoning voice I hear. He owns me for his child. I can no longer fear. With confidence, I now draw nigh. And Father, Abba Father, cry. Can you go to God, the almighty God that created the heavens and the earth, can you go to him and say, Daddy, Abba, Father? If you cannot, you can before the service is over by placing your faith in Jesus Christ. As you, look, he's the one who died for you on the cross. It wasn't some preacher. It wasn't some pope. It wasn't some religious leader, it was Jesus Christ, the Son of Almighty God, who paid the price for our sins so that you and I could become his brother and could become children of Almighty God. Would you bow your heads with me? Our Father in heaven, we're so grateful and thankful to be able to call you our Father. We don't deserve it. We couldn't earn it. We couldn't purchase it. It's not for sale. Father, thank you for loving us in spite of all of our flaws, all of our mistakes, all of our sins, all of our imperfections. Thank you for loving us supremely. Thank you for giving each one of us the opportunity of becoming your child. Father, if there's someone here this morning that's not certain of their relationship with you, may they make sure right now and if that happens to be you with every head bowed, every eye closed, would you pray something like this? If it's your desire to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you pray, dear God, I believe in you. I have faith in you. And I believe that Jesus Christ is your only begotten Son. And I believe he died on the cross and was buried and supernaturally rose again after three days. I believe that he'll forgive me of my sins if I ask him to be my Savior and my God. Right now, Lord, I'm, I'm begging you, please save me. Be my God. Be my Heavenly Father. I trust you for everlasting life. With every head still bowed, if you just prayed that prayer, you're sincere as you know how to be. I won't embarrass you. I won't call out your name. I won't point you out. Say, preacher, I prayed that, and I mean it with all my heart. Would you raise your hand up and hold it up for just a moment? God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hands down. Are there others? Anyone else? Anyone else? Yes. God bless you, sir. Anybody else? Father, I'm so grateful, so thankful that you allow us to leave behind all of our sins, all of our warts, all of our blemishes, all of our imperfections. 
that you make us a new creature, a new creation in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would bless these who have raised their hand. May this be the beginning of our brand new life for them. And Father, help all of us to make sure our light is on a stand, shining brightly for all to see. What's contained inside of us is the Son of Almighty God as our Savior and our Lord and our Master. Bless us, we pray today in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. Would you stand with us? And as our praise team sings a verse or two, if you would like to come forward for any reason, for special prayer, uh, anything else that you, we can help you with, then you come ahead right now, and uh, I'll be glad to pray with you. Uh, Rachel's in the back if the ladies need someone to pray with. Uh, whatever you need, come ahead right now. Our God, our Heavenly Father, hope he's yours. As you leave today, just be thanking God for the country God's allowed us to be in, where we can get together and worship and not have to be afraid of being taken out, taken out and stoned to death and set on fire. And I'll tell you what, we have so much to answer for because we've been given, too, too much is given, much is required. Stopkillingchristians.com, you can check that out. Philemon, is your mic live right there? Would you mind dismissing us in a word of prayer this morning? And good to have Philemon back with us. And God bless you. Have a great Lord's Day. Father, just want to thank you for a wonderful day in your presence. And um, as we go out with this message, knowing that your Father, righteous, our Father, Father, His Father, your Father, our Father, that we embody that in our mind, that you are with us. We're not saved by ourselves, but you're there with us always. And Lord, as we go out, pray, Lord, that we reach out to, you know, the people that are around us, that our life speaks of, that we're Christians, not just by claim, but by what they see, that we are the last chance, the last hope that they see of and as we reach out to those people, that you're safe with us. And Lord, protect us, protect the kids, protect our family members as we leave today. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Have a great Lord's Day. Holy.